From WCLV Classical 1049 Idea Stream, I'm Program Director Bill O'Connell and your host of I'm Robert Conrad, a podcast of stories from Robert's 70 years in radio. And counting. <laughs> and counting. Last time, Robert managed to get himself assigned to Army duty in Hawaii. In this episode, Robert wins a beauty contest and founds a radio station. He's a busy guy. Well, while in Honolulu, I worked for KAIM, which was um, basically a religious station, but it did classical music in the evening. And then I worked for a uh, standard station called KULA. You remember the program monitor on NBC? It was sort of the last gasp of network radio at the time. Well, I'll tell you, I worked in Philadelphia in the 70s for a station that was an NBC affiliate, and we carried some monitor programming, and we carried all of their spots on the weekends. This is Monitor. So, yes, I remember Monitor. It started at 6 p.m. on Friday night, went around the clock until midnight on Sunday with blocks of programming with various stars of radio. And yeah, it was a magazine format through yeah. the whole week. It was very much the precursor of All Things Considered. They had a contest called The Most Beautiful Voice in America. And people said to me, you ought to enter that contest. Well, I said, it's on KGU, which is the NBC station, and I work for two other radio stations. It wouldn't be ethical. And then I found out that the head news director of KGU had entered his own contest, which I thought was not cricket. I said, all bets are off. I entered the contest and won, much to KGU's surprise. (laughs) What I got from that was a trip to Las Vegas, which I took when I was uh, discharged. But anyway, it went on up the national scale, and finally there were 12 winners. And the prizes were trips, a trip to Australia, a trip to South Africa, a trip to Japan, a trip to Europe, and so forth. And first place got choice of any of the trips and so on down the line. First place winner was a lady from Los Angeles. Second place was yours truly, (laughs) most beautiful male voice. (laughs) And I took a trip uh, into Europe, as a matter of fact, and I also got a grand piano. A grand piano? A grand piano, which I sold to a church in Kankakee, (laughs) Illinois, and used that money to buy a Volkswagen. (laughs) That's great. So uh, for how many years afterwards did you introduce yourself as, hello, I'm Robert Conrad, the most beautiful male voice in America? (laughs) I don't think I ever (laughs) did that. I went back to work for WFMT in Chicago, and that was up With much cred. (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) I worked for WFMT, which, as you well know, is a sort of granddaddy of the FM classical music stations until I got an opportunity to be the program director of a new FM station in Detroit, which I turned into a classical music station. And then in 1961, I got a telephone call from a fellow who called himself Pat Patrick. And he was negotiating to buy a brand new radio station in Cleveland that had the call letters of WDGO, which stood for Douglas G. Oviatt, who was a real estate entrepreneur. Well, he had decided that he needed to sell the radio station. 
it had been on the air only about six months at that point. And, and this is at 95.5? At 95.5, right. The studios were in the uh, Eastgate Shopping Center, and that's where the tower was. I came down and looked at the station and thought it was a pretty good idea, and so Pat and I started to negotiate in earnest on this. Well, it turns out that Mark Weiss, who was the head of Weiss Advertising, that was the largest advertising agency in town, bought 75% of WDGO. So Pat and I went our separate ways. I continued to work for uh, WDTM in, in Detroit. And then in January of 1962, I got a call from Mark Weiss, who said, well, we're not going to make a million dollars the first year with this radio station, and we know that you and Patrick were negotiating to buy it. Will you buy it from us? So I talked to Pat, and yes, we were both interested. And so we importuned our families and friends to uh, come up with some money, and we raised $20,000 plus another $1,000 for capital and expenses and bought what was to become WCLV in... in $20,000. Yeah, the real price was $70,000 plus debt. Oh. But that was the down payment. And that was a good deal. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that, that was really a good deal. On July 17th, my birthday, <laughs> in 1962, we signed the papers to buy WDGO. As soon as it was announced that Weiss and company were going to sell the radio station, the staff left. Everybody just quit. Just quit? Just quit at that point. Huh. Well, you know, you buy a radio station and generally you clean house. That was not our plan anyway, but that's what sort of common knowledge was. And so I said, well, I'm free. I can come down and run your station for you until the FCC grants the license. And Pat said, well, I can go out and sell advertising. And so we went to work for Weiss and Company uh, and WDGO up until November 1st, 1962, when the FCC granted the license to us. So, glimpses into the history of WCLV. I'm Bill O'Connell. I'm your producer, Mark Satola. And I'm Robert Conrad. Don't miss the next episode when Robert falls asleep at the switch. And he's not the only one.